Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 25-year breast cancer survivor, certified life coach, and creator and author of Thriving Beyond Cancer. And I'm Becky Olson. I'm a multi, multi-time, boy, that's a mouthful, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm a motivational speaker and the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends. And for those who have been listening for a long time, you know that I am a four-time survivor. That's much easier to say than multi-time, that's for sure. Um, but, <laughs> but earlier this month, I was diagnosed again, and this time it's with stage four breast cancer. And I am now in my fifth battle, and I I still consider myself a survivor because I got through that day, and I'm still here. So we'll see how the journey goes and probably keep some of you updated as we go along. But um, today our show is a little bit different than what we normally do. Now, we are going to have a guest, and we're going to hear her story, but she was invited on for a very special reason. Today, we're going to ask you for your help. You know, I had the opportunity to meet in person one of our most faithful listeners. She had a nice testimonial last year that she sent to us, and I had a chance to meet her in San Antonio, Texas, recently where I was speaking at a conference. And honestly, it's because of people like our guest today and many others just like her that we keep doing this show. I met another woman at an event in Lansing, Michigan earlier this month, Her name is Tanya, and she's also an avid listener. And Tanya sent me a testimonial to share with people, and this is what she said. Your podcast, Breast Friends, is helping meet a very important need. The podcast provides information and medical experts that most of us would never be able to access in any other way. The broad range of topics covered address so many of the questions that linger before, during, and after treatment. Knowledge is power, and you are empowering women and men to seek further knowledge, ask questions, and make the best decisions possible for themselves. So thank you, Tanya, from Lansing, Michigan. I I was just blown away by what you wrote, and I just really appreciate you taking the time to share that. Well, I wanted to let you all know that so far this year, from January to September of 2018, our show has been listened to through our on-demand and live platform nearly 100,000 times. In fact, it's just over 100,000. And again, that's just been in nine months. And as we approach the end of the year, and if you're looking for a program to support so you can get your year-end tax donation, um, and especially if you're a regular listener, Sharon and I ask you to please make a donation to Breast Friends of Oregon. We graciously accept any amount, but we need to raise nearly $20,000 by the end of December to keep this program alive in 2019. So you can see every single dollar counts. We really need your help. Without it, the show is in jeopardy of being cut. If you know of any potential corporate sponsors who could fund this for the year, please get us in contact with each other because a corporate sponsorship, those are usually pretty large and it can go a long way. And of course, they get recognition as a sponsor. So however we can do this, and we will have share some ideas at the end on how we could make this happen, 
Uh, just so stay tuned with us and then let's see if we can pull this together and make it work. So with that, Sharon, please introduce our guest. Absolutely. And I'll just put my two cents worth in too, because obviously if you're finding value in this show, obviously there's probably a lot of other people who are as well. So, and if you have the ability, we appreciate everything that you can give. So with, with that, let's introduce our guest, Laura White. Laura, as said before, has let, huh? What? She <laughs> said good morning. Oh, good morning. Okay, didn't hear that. Sorry. <laughs> Laura, as said before, uh, was has listened to nearly every episode of our pod, podcast. Now, mind you, we've been doing this for two and three quarters years. So that's a lot. That's a lot of 40 uh, episodes, roughly. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and she's also a wife, mother of two boys, and a young survivor herself. Uh, she was diagnosed at 37. Laura currently works as an information technology defense contractor for the uh, United States Air Force. So welcome, Laura. It's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I never thought that I would be on the show, actually. Well, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, of course, I don't believe in in um, just luck a lot of times. I believe that, you know, it's meant to be. So the fact that you met um, Becky uh, in San Antonio makes perfect sense to me. And now we can share your story with the rest of um, our listeners. So your job sounds fascinating. Tell me what, what it is that you do as a, con- a, a technology defense contractor. So basically, um, I work on Randolph Air Force Base in San Antonio, and I work for a government defense contractor. Um, We support flying operations for the Air Force with uh, software. So we support undergraduate flying, and we also support graduate flying for the Air Force. So um, it's basically IT work. We do do some work with uh, database stuff, and we also... um, work on servers, and um, what I do, um, I have the privilege of, of leading a team of 13 people. We have eight people on site. We're a help desk for the software that supports the flying, um, and then there are also five people off-site that are on my team. Um, so for me, I get to work with people, which I am a huge people person, so I really enjoy that part of the job. Um, And then I have a degree in information systems, so I'm also able to use that and do some of the IT work as well. Well, that's wonderful. So just so our audience can get to know you a little bit, so what do you do for fun? What are some of your hobbies? Um, I I really enjoy being outside. I am a big outside person. So when I'm exercising, I love being outside. So I go on walks a lot. I love hiking. Um, I love to run when I get the chance. Um, I also love playing tennis. I grew, I, I haven't played tennis in a long time, but I still consider it one of my hobbies. Actually, I haven't played tennis since I was diagnosed or even since I had my surgery, um, but I can still consider it one of my hobbies because I grew up playing it. And I spent some time, my husband is active duty in the Air Force, so we spent some time in Okinawa, Japan, just back in 2012 to 2014, so not too long ago. And I was able to play a lot of tennis then. Um, so when I get the chance, I still do enjoy playing. That's Laura, great. Laura, and I, I also love with being with uh, friends and family and spending time with my support group in San Antonio. 
Perfect. Laura, before we move on, I have to tell you, my husband and I like to play tennis too, but we're both really bad, especially me. So we play the oh. multi, multi-bounce multi rule. It can bounce as many times as you need, and then <laughs> we try to get it over the net. And it's only if you don't get it over the net that we start over again. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be doing nothing but Well, that's starting. good. You know, when you let it bounce more than once, you actually have to move your feet a little bit more, yeah, so you you're do. getting more exercise. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. So, a 37 at diagnosis. Woof, what was that like? Yeah. Um, it was it rocked my world, I'll say that. Uh, 37 at, at at that time in my life, that was 2 years ago. I'm now 39. Um, I just never in in my whole life I never thought that I would be diagnosed with cancer, especially at the age of 37. I've always right. been healthy. I've always been a very active person. Um, I felt uh, like betrayed by my body because I did so many uh, positive and beneficial things for my body to stay healthy. And I was frustrated because I got cancer. Um, and so that was a little difficult to, to deal with whenever I was initially ju- uh, diagnosed. And then also, um, being 37 and being young, sometimes it's, I've, been able to, uh, I've been able to, since being diagnosed, find a lot of young people, but that was a challenge, um, and it required a little bit of, of me reaching out and you know, me doing things to meet, to meet young people. Um, right. So it was, it was definitely a challenge being 37 when diagnosed. Yep, that makes perfect sense. Unfortunately, cancer doesn't discriminate, does it? <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter how old you are. It doesn't matter true. if you exercise. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, and 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 I, I I get that that whole feeling like your body has betrayed you, especially when you're healthy. You're not like, um, you know, eating all the junk, and you know what I mean. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it feels like uh, we're kind of powerless sometimes. Um, against it but you know I, I'm sure just doing the right things um, it, it helps but it doesn't necessarily um, change the fact that you could get cancer even at 37 years old so and how I old- ju- can I jump in just for a second Laura when, when I met you in San Antonio and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here was it you that shared with me that you actually suspected your cancer a couple years before that but they didn't diagnose you till 37. Was was that you or was that one of your that, friends in your support group? No, I think that must have been somebody else in my support okay. group. Okay, because I, I know that all the girls that night were that I met Sharon were very young. And, you know, but, but the point of that, I guess, to say is sometimes, you know, we know our bodies better than anyone. And when you go to a doctor and they say, oh, you're too young, you can't possibly have cancer. I'm sure it's nothing. You know, you need to pay attention because you can get it at a young age. And one of the gals in her support group was 29. So well, it's, it's yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a tough battle. And, and we need to take our bodies, you know, the signs that we have seriously. Absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. And so how old were your children when you were diagnosed? Uh, my children were 13 and 11 when I was diagnosed. Now they are 14 and almost 16. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, how did this whole diagnosis um, affect your job and, and what you do for a living? Um, so for my job, I remember um, I did, so I did work through uh, my whole treatment. Um, I, I actually feel blessed that I had my job because it gave me something else to focus on. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I did, that was, I, I didn't realize that at the time, but even looking back, I just felt blessed that I had that. Um, but initially, so when I was diagnosed, I did chemotherapy first, um, and that affected my ability to travel. So I remember being frustrated because there were a lot of work trips coming up, and I loved going on those because I would learn so much, and somebody else had to go in my place, and I remember being very frustrated with that. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then chemo brain. You guys know all about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. do. <laughs> we do. We get to claim that one the rest of our lives. We're not getting old. We just have chemo brain. So, oh, too, yeah, I had a little yeah. bit of it this morning, actually. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I remember I, uh, I had to do a telecon every Tuesday morning, and actually I, I still do that telecon, but I'm a little bit better now. Um, but I would literally have to write down everything I was going to say. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't remember it. And yeah. if, I didn't, if I didn't write it down, it would uh, turn out to be a pretty interesting telecon, I guess. But <laughs> I remember just having to do that and, str- and really struggling with that. Um, and then I also remember having to uh, hit the mute button a lot because my, I guess I had no hair, so I had no nose hair, I guess, and my nose was like <laughs> always running. Dripping. That's normal. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was We're hitting like, the mute button and having to sniff. Why is my nose running all the time? And yeah, it's because you don't have any nose hairs. <laughs> I have to laugh because there are blessings and silver linings in, in everything. I mean, I, I've shared this on the show before. I didn't have to pluck my face for quite a long time. It was really awesome. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You know, yeah. being Greek and Italian, you know, and then removing all the estrogen, I this is a serious problem for me. <laughs> oh, and and we laugh about these things, but at the time they're kind of painful, you know. Uh, uh, just just the fact that you like you said your nose is running and you're like, what? What is this? And yeah, even even the hairs that was a blessing for at least a short while, which is good. <laughs> and I also so, remember um, having no hair. I was cold all the time, and this was January, so even down here in South Texas, it can get cold, and um, we had these big plasma screen TVs, and I would go, I would uh, take my hat off, and I would just go stand in front of them and press my head up against them to get warm a little. (laughs) That must have been an interesting sight, walking, what's that woman doing? (laughs) Yeah, I know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Does breast cancer run in your family, Laura? Um, No, breast cancer does not run in my family. Um, I did have my mom's mother, my grandmother, she was diagnosed um, and her sister was, but they were both much older um, when they were were diagnosed. So other than that, nobody that I'm aware of has had breast cancer in my family, which makes it even more shocking to get it at the age of 37. And especially so young. Yeah, exactly. That makes so much difference. And and you said you did chemotherapy first, right? Yes. And where did you get your treatment? Um, I got my treatment at, all of my treatment and surgeries were done at SAMC, San Antonio Military Medical Center, also known as BAMC, Brook Army Medical Center. Uh, my okay. husband is currently active duty, and um, we were stationed here in San Antonio, so therefore I went there and I just got to say it was awesome getting my treatment there. All of my doctors were great. I I feel like I got top-notch care. Um, And then I also wanted to say um, being, being military, you know, we have, we have full coverage for healthcare. 
Um, you know, we, we've, we've sacrificed for it. I've spent a lot of time away from my husband when he's had to deploy. I've spent a year away from him. Um, mm-hmm. So we have sacrificed, but I feel very blessed. Um, we didn't have to deal with the struggles that a lot of people have to deal with um, financially when they're diagnosed with cancer. I can't imagine having to deal with everything you have to deal with for cancer and then also having to deal with the financial aspect of it. So um, being in the military yeah. and having, having that, it was a huge blessing for us. Yeah, that makes sense. And and again, you're right. Not everybody has that blessing and, and they have to kind of figure all those things out. But that's good that at least your your treatment was covered um, pretty darn completely, which is great. So what are some of the things that you remember most when you were diagnosed and during treatment, would you say? We've got we've just got like a couple minutes before our break. Okay. Um uh, being diagnosed, being initially diagnosed, I remember saying a lot, people are, are awesome because so many people were, were, were stepping up, were stepping forward, asking us if we needed help, like giving me gifts. Um, and I just remember saying that a lot, giving, you know, making us meals. And I just remember that. It reminded me how awesome people are. Um, right. And my husband, he, you know, my, I was you know, of course, going through a lot, and I will say my husband was very patient with me. Um, so that was one thing I, I will always remember. He was always there. He, you know, he, he always saw me at the end of the day when I was not my good self, or he saw me when I was really going through my struggles, because um, everybody else probably saw the side of me where I was a little bit more upbeat and everything like that, but at the end of the day, my husband saw the other side of me. He was very, very patient with me through my initial diagnosis. Um, And my friends, my friends were there for me. I'll always remember that too. And then there was one particular coworker at work um, every day. I mean, even at work, I cried every day when I was initially diagnosed. So all my coworkers have all seen me cry multiple times. But there was one particular coworker who every day he would say something or he made sure that I smiled, and mm. oh, I will sweet. not. I will not forget that. Mm. Well, that's very sweet. You, you know, before we go out to break, which is going to be like right after I say what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but Laura, you know, you bring up a, a a good point about you know your your friends were there for you because not not everyone and you know Sharon and I have been doing breast friends work for 18 years now and we meet a lot of patients and some of them do have a really good family support system but some don't they just they don't have anybody you know maybe they're new in town when this happened or they just lost their spouse or something and so they end up being quite alone and having a support group like the ladies that I met at your at the happy hour there in in San Antonio it's wonderful because we don't have to go through this alone, but sometimes we have to be the ones to kind of reach out and connect. And, and that's really what Breast Friends is about. And that's what, you know, no matter where you live, there are local support groups, probably pretty much anywhere. Um, but it's so important to reach out and connect because if you don't have that support at home, you have to find it somewhere. Well, so, and even if you do, even if you do have that wonderful support, it, there's nothing like talking to other women who've kind of gone through this path before you. And I, 
you know, so I want to make sure that, you know, even by by reaching out to get support from other people doesn't mean you have a bad support system. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Good, yeah. Very good point. All right. Well, on that message, we're going to take a short break. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with young survivor and mom, Laura White. So, Laura, let's talk about that treatment time because I know that can be a really rough time. Here you're juggling, you know, two boys, you're juggling your job and being married, like you said. Oh, I wanted to tell you something, too, before I even ask that, finish asking that question. Have you heard of the spoon theory? Did have we have we talked about that on the radio? We did well, last I've week. Heard, okay. Are you asking me? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I've heard. I've heard of it, but only because of breast friends. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, there well, you go. <laughs> for, for those people who might not have heard about it, let me just give you a a quickie because it it totally reminded me of that when you said here you were you know you were working and then your husband would come home and. He didn't get the best of you at that point. And um, one way that we talk about helping communicate where you are as far as your energy level, 
whether you're in the middle of treatment or after treatment, is by the spoon theory. Now, I'm I'm definitely um, shortening this up, but basically, pretend you have a hundred spoons when you're healthy, and you may get through an entire day and have spoons left over. But when you're going through treatment or you're getting over the side effects of that treatment, it may take you 10, 20 spoons to get out of bed. It may get you through maybe noon to o'clock and then you are out of spoons. And so what you said about your husband not getting the best of you, that's a great way of being able to communicate with the people around you that I am out of spoons and they might understand it better if you explain that little story. I don't know if that would help or not, but I thought I would ask that. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what what would you say were the biggest challenges while you were going through treatment? So during treatment, you, I guess you have different challenges than you do with your initial diagnosis. Um, you actually, I, I actually started feeling, you know, better with things because you have a path that makes you feel a little bit better. So the biggest challenge during treatment, though, was fatigue. That was huge for me, and I'm a very active and energetic person, and chemotherapy sucks that all out of you. And yep. I was just flat out tired. Um, And then also the chemo brain, like like we were talking about earlier. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's That's, a long-lasting effect, too. Um, And and then another challenge is... Well, and life goes on, too, around you. Yeah. But another challenge is having to rely on others for help. That was challenging for me because I was so used to doing everything. So... Mm -hmm all the grocery shopping, all the laundry, um, doing everything for my boys in school and taking them places and all of that and having to basically, you, have, you, you can't do all that when you're going through chemotherapy and learning how to drop all of that. And my husband basically took over and did everything. And then also allowing friends to help you because people come to you and they, they want to help. Um, and usually if someone, you know, contacted me and said they wanted to help, I, I always said we could always use a meal that always helped. And, mm-hmm. and I would let, learn how to let people do that because it, it would make them feel better knowing that they were helping us and, and a meal always helped us as a family. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a gift to you because you learned that it is okay to ask for help. And it's also a gift for other people because people feel so helpless. They want to help, but unfortunately, they don't want to, you know, get in your Kool-Aid. They don't want to get in your business. You know, they don't want to overstep their bounds, but they do really want to help. And it makes them feel good to be able to help. So I think that's a good learning for for everybody, really. Um, It's not easy to ask for help and then to receive that help. You know, just real quick, some of the things that we talk about when we work with, you know, the, the friends and the family is we try to teach people to offer proactive help. And, you know, those words, let me know if there's something I can do, roll so easily off the tongue. 
but and it's okay to say that if that's what comes out naturally but but don't leave it there you know a week from now call again and say hey i'm running to the grocery store what's on your grocery list that i can pick up for you you know just simple little things like that but do it proactively so that you know they're you're not waiting on them to call you because like sharon <clears throat> who didn't call me when, even when she said she would <laughs> yeah. um you know we that's how we are but and also for people who don't really can't think of creative things and sometimes we get stuck i get that we actually have a list on our website uh, under breastfriends.org there's can't remember exactly where it is but it's called tips to show you care and it's a lot of ideas of things you can do to kind of help someone through this journey so just a little little food for thought there yeah absolutely because it's it, it's really hard for both parties you know yeah. both the the giver and the receiver to mm-hmm. to really um be vulnerable enough to do that and so it is important for us because I think everybody is a lot happier when we when we understand that so so what would you say the hardest part of going through chemotherapy, the the chemo brain or the fatigue or just both, they're kind of hand in hand. So I would honestly say the hardest part for me was losing my hair. That yeah, oh was yeah. hard. Yeah, I, yeah. I would, hopefully I never have to go through it again, but if I did, I don't think it, a second time it would be the hardest part, but initially having to lose your hair that as a woman, that is very hard. And the, the hardest part of it was the time leading up to it because it's in the back of your mind you're wondering which day is it going to happen? When is it going mm-hmm. to start happening? Um, so that was hard. Once, once I, I shaved my head, my friend shaved my head for me, and it was off. It does feel somewhat liberating because it's done. There's no more of this leading up to when I'm going to lose my hair. But all of that, it was just a very emo- It was a, an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Taking and control think, like that, though, is yeah. really is really awesome because, you know, instead of your hair controlling you and telling you when it's going to go, you said bye-bye. <laughs> you just took yeah, charge yeah. of it. And yeah. Scary at the time, like, but, but smart. I was standing in front of the mirror one morning, and, um, and I had just shaved my head, and my husband said, have you ever looked at your head in the mirror? And I, I was like, yeah, because it, it was all patchy. Like, it, you know, not, not all of the hair had fallen out, it was only, you know. So right. I, he, so then he walked out and I grabbed a bottle of oil. I put it on my hands and I just started rubbing my head and I was looking at my hands and all these black specks were on my hand because my yeah. hair was coming out. So I just went ahead. I rubbed my head real good and basically rubbed off all the rest of that stubble. And then I went, and I got my husband. And I said, look at my head now. And he looked, he said, what did you do? And I just said, I just rubbed it off. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. took control of yep. Yep. how it looked. Exactly. Did you wear wigs during your your uh, hairless times? You know, I did not wear a wig. I had one um, provided by my insurance company, and I had it just in case. And I wore it one time, and I did not like it. I I feel like for me, I'm I'm I feel like. I'm disguising myself when I'm wearing a wig, and I don't really like that feeling. I, I like to be me. I like to be real. And that's just me. Everybody's different. Um, so I had, I had those feelings, and then I also just physically did not like the way the wig felt on my head. So um, I usually just wore a cap. I wore a bandana sometimes, um, but I felt my best not having anything on, on my head. 
Yep, that makes sense. Becky, you had some questions. I, I do. And, you know, and Laura, I just, I know that going through treatment and everything was, it was difficult. And, but what was it, what do you think some of the biggest challenges were for you after treatment ended? You know, that point where um, everyone says, you're fine now, welcome back. Yes, <laughs> was- definitely. Okay, so loneliness, having the feeling of loneliness was was big for me. Um, I always say it's crazy how you can be around so many people every day yet feel so lonely. That's how I felt because mm-hmm. uh, nobody, um, you know, fully understood what I just went through. Um, yeah. And then I also dealt a little bit with my, my identity. Um, you know, uh, I, re- I remember one day I put on a shirt that I hadn't worn in a long time. And when I put it on, I could kind of feel like, you know, that feeling like there's a hair somewhere. And, and I reached in my back and I pulled out this long hair and I started crying. <gasps> and I, oh. it, was my, it was my old self. Yeah, oh, I was you know? stuck yeah. in the cloth. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, so I, yeah. there's times where I, I miss my, I miss my old self. Um, but you know, now I'm, I'm learning how to love my new self. So those moments. Well, Laura, are, your, your, your new self is really adorable oh. and very cute. Sharon, <laughs> oh, <thank laughs> sure, when I saw her, I, I knew it was her before she even described what she was wearing. It's like this cute pixie <laughs> thing going on. She's just adorable. So <laughs> I would have known her, known her anywhere. Um, but no, that is true. And last week on our show, we talked about self-esteem and, and how important that hair loss, you know, what the hair does for us. And so it is a big deal. And it might seem shallow to someone who's never been down this path when they say things like, oh, don't worry, it's just hair, it'll grow back. It'll grow well, back, yeah. My no, favorite saying that. is, you share, you shave yours and then we'll talk about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not that easy, but it, and it's difficult. And then you lose the eyebrows and the eyelashes and our whole persona changes. And it's, it's really, it can yeah. be very intense and, and very difficult to overcome. Um, so what do you think is the most, I don't know, what do you feel is most important after treatment? You know, when you're done and you're going through this, what, what is the most important thing you can share with our listeners? So I think the most important thing is knowing you're not alone. Um, mm. Sometimes it takes a little bit of reaching out to discover that you're not alone, but it is very important to know, to know that because it, it, it's very lonely at that time after treatment. Um, yeah. And then having a support group, I think, is very important. It's very important for me, definitely. But at the same time, I think it's important to find a balance there because I don't like talking about cancer all the time. It is overwhelming and exhausting. Um, but it's impo- So it's important to find a balance uh, for you so that, that you can benefit from it. Um, and that's and then, a good point. That's a good point. Let me just add something to that because there are people that don't like to go to support groups for that reason because they don't want to just sit around a table and talk about their diagnosis over and over and over again. Although when I met your support support group, I made you girls do that because I want to hear your stories. But, but generally, fun. you know, finding a support group that fits with what you're needing. And some of some like we have our girls' night out groups, which we have walking groups. There's different people that come together for for different focuses and finding that right mix and balance of a, in a support group that meets your needs. Sharon, do you have anything to add to that? I, I'm sure you do. 
Well, and and again, when you say support group, that sounds like the, you know, the really negative. That's why we didn't call ours a support group as such. We called it Girls Night Out or we call it, you know, something our warrior women workshops, things like that. But basically, they're all support groups of sorts. They just have different focuses. So, again, making sure that you find a group of women that you can have some camaraderie with, that you can um when you have a bad day you can have somebody to talk to about that kind of thing because again your family and friends they think you're done <laughs> your hair's back you're you know back to work whatever the situation might be and so you know the world thinks you're done yeah, you know they do. and but the reality is eh, you're not so done and that's one of the reasons I wrote my book because thriving beyond cancer is a lot. There's a lot to it. And so making sure that you understand that it's okay, because a lot of times you're grieving what you didn't have time or bandwidth to grieve while you're in treatment. That is so true. Uh, So let me ask you this question. You do have a great support group. How did you find them? And how do they how do they support you? What kind of what kind of help are they providing to you? So I found them at, I I was at the YSC, the Young Survival Coalition um, Summit in Orlando in Florida, uh, sorry, in uh, February. And at that time, I I had just finished treatment that past November. Um, So I was at my very vulnerable time. Um, But but it was a time where I was kind of starting to turn the corner a little bit, and I remember it was a time where I was deep into listening to all of these breast friend podcasts, so that was helping me tremendously at that time. So I had learned uh, that I needed to, breast friends taught me that I needed to find a support group or to find something to feel connected. So I remember when I was at YSC, I was just looking for somebody from San Antonio, I remember asking some of the new girls that I had met, hey, have you met anybody from San Antonio? Because if you have, let me know because I want to connect. Um, And sure enough, one girl that I had met said, hey, I met someone from San Antonio, and her name was Cheryl. She's part of our group. Um, So I uh, sat with her at a table one night, and she connected me to our group on Facebook, and that's essentially how I found the group. Yeah, well, they are they are delightful. I met I, I all of them. I couldn't even, I just can't imagine how you found so many lovely ladies all at the same time. So, what kind of things do you guys do together as a support group? We only have about a minute left, so okay. In this um, segment, we um, when it when when it's not so hot or not so cold, we'll go hiking. Um, we meet for dinner. We meet for drinks occasionally. We also have um, some. Ed- we go to educational classes as well. Um, through some of the local hospitals that the breast navigator nurses put on. So um, it's great that I I really enjoy getting to go to some of the educational classes and still get to learn a lot from those and then getting to just talk and relax and um, hang out with with everybody in in the group. That's great. And, you know, for people who live in a community where you can't really find a support group, when at your when you're at the hospital and you talk to them about support groups, if there really aren't any, think about starting one because if you're needing one, chances are other people in your community need one too. And and again, it doesn't have to be the gloom and doom medical blah blah. It can be hiking and just fun stuff. But 
being around the, the community of survivors is really, really powerful. You know, we always talk about how it's not a club we want to join, but once we, we join mm-hmm. it, we're, we're forever connected, right? I mean, it yeah. just it just doesn't come to an end. So um, with that, we're going to go out to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about more about how we need your help um, to all of our listeners. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. We've been talking with Laura White, young survivor and mom. And Laura, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how the radio show really affected you or helped you through your your journey. So how did you discover the Breast Friends radio show, please? So um, I was just leaving work one day and I I had just finished treatment. So I was in I was in my very vulnerable state. and I pulled up my podcast app. I'm like, there's got to be something. I have a long commute to work, about one hour each way. And like, there's got to wow. be something I can listen to. And I just started searching maybe breast cancer podcasts and breast friends popped up. And initially, I went through all the shows and I, I thought, ooh, that one sounds good. And I was adding them to my favorites. And 
so I, I initially started listening to all the ones I added to my favorites, and then I thought, I, like, I still want to listen. And so I just went through, that was when I started just going through and listening to every single one. I've now listened to every single one, um, but I would catch uh, an, an episode um, each way to and from work. So essentially uh, two hours of, of breast friends every day I was getting, and I just... <laughs> I love the show. Yeah. I love it it that. made so me enjoy what, my commute to work a lot more. Yeah. Oh. It's amazing. I listen to a lot of books on tape or on um, Audible, and I love that too. It, it makes my commuting or my you know trips across the mountain or wherever I happen to be going, um, it just makes things go much quicker. So what app did you use? I'm curious because now maybe I should use some of that too. What app did I use? I don't even know. I just had oh. a Maybe okay. it's the app that comes with my iPhone. It just says podcast on it. Oh, yeah. Podcast. You know what? Okay. I think that does it. Yeah. Because I, okay. I, I found some through there, too. Yeah, that's okay, pretty good. cool. Okay, I'll good. Look, I'll look at that. So tell me, in what ways did the, the radio show help you, other than just make your commute go better? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so it helped me with support. It made me feel supported, and it also very, very much so educated me. So with support, um, you know, I, when I found the show, it was right after treatment. I was, I think that was my lowest. I was very vulnerable and uh, it just, it helped me turn around. Sorry, I might get a little emotional, That's but okay. it really did. It did help me. And your quote, Becky, when you say that someday it may come back, but not today, yeah. I've heard you say that multiple times, and every time, that is a good reminder. And mm-hmm. that quote at that time after treatment really helped turn me around. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for and, sharing that. And and just living for today. I mean, because nobody really is guaranteed uh, tomorrow. We just aren't yeah. kind of aware <laughs> of that <laughs> most of the time. But You know, but when, I, when you deal with cancer, you're very much aware of that. Yeah. You know, the, I bought a book in a little Christian bookstore, and I shared this on probably one episode anyway. Um, it was a book called Live Like You Were Dying, and it had the the CD of Tim McGraw's song by the same title in the back. It had a foreword by Tim McGraw in the front, and inside it had little quotes and statements that were, you know, really powerful. But the one statement that I loved probably more than anything is that is is this statement? We're all terminal. Some of us are just lucky enough to know it. Mm-hmm. And when I think of being a cancer survivor, and you know the fact that we really do kind of sometimes face our mortality for the first time, but it helps us change direction in our lives. And because we know now, you know, when we're young, we think we're invincible. We can you know climb on building railings and not fall off because, you know, that we're, we're that powerful, right? Yeah, well, we're also that stupid sometimes. But, <laughs> but it's, you know, we are, we are not invincible. We, we can, you know, end our lives sooner. Um, but when we start to realize that it's, that it's real, you know, that we do make better choices because we've faced it already once. And that makes us more proactive rather than reactive, Mm-hmm. And I and think that's a precious. really, yeah, that's a really good place to be, to be mm-hmm. proactive. You know, when we're, when we're dying, we're not regretting the things we did as much as we're regretting the things we didn't do. Yeah. And, 
you know, that's the bucket list concept and all these other things. So, so yeah, I love that statement. We're all terminal. Some of us are just lucky enough to know it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I think it's a great way to make that statement. So, yep, so absolutely. yeah. So, so Laura, tell me, do you remember some of those most memorable radio shows? Obviously that quote um, stuck with you about, you know, living today, but what, what else would you say? What are some of the other shows that might? So, the you know, one show came to mind, um, and I actually went back and listened to it again not too long ago, and it was the uh, show about environmental toxins. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like that show because I've been to a lot of different classes. I've been to the YSC Summit. I've been through some educational classes through the local hospitals here in San Antonio, but I've never that and anything that had to do with that topic. So the, mm-hmm. the only place I've ever heard anything about that was on the radio show. And that's something that is important to me, um, especially when it comes to, you know, being concerned with about a recurrence. Um, so from an education perspective, that show kind of stuck out. Um, okay. But when I went and, and, re- and listened to it again, there were other things that I liked about it. Um, you, you, I'm going to quote you, Becky. You said, my body will tell me when it's time to stop. My heart is not going to tell me. My head is not going to tell me. I thought yeah. that was awesome. I, I didn't catch that quote the first time I listened to it, but the second time I thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like watching and, a movie uh, over again. You, you pick up things you missed the first time. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, well, that, that's cool. Uh, and you cool. also talked about how it was snowing outside in the beginning of the show, too. There were kids on sleds, and the, the sky was blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should probably go back and play that one. It's been a while. I don't think we played that one. On that show, too, you also gave a shout-out um, about, you know, want, wanting uh, people to, to donate because the show is very, you know, costs a lot of money to do, and if you want to continue listening, you also gave a shout-out on that show, too. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, well, today, yeah. today's is a big shout-out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. It's amazing you remember all those little details. That's great. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who has just finished treatment? Um, I would remind them that they are not alone because once, once you're done with treatment and you realize that it is, that's when you can start turning around. Um, I would say that if you are struggling, try to reach out um, because you may be able to to find something that will help you and it just may require a little bit of reaching out. Um, And then I would just always say that it will, it will get better. It's gotten better for myself. And at some point, at one point I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I feel like because I was able to reach out a little bit, find some things that helped me. I'm, I'm here now and I'm feeling better and doing better. Great. Great. That's awesome. And so what brings you joy? We talk a lot about that, like our twinkle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so right now, me. I mean, it's been less, less than a year since I've finished treatment, but right now um, waking up and feeling good brings me joy. Um, because I spent a whole year going through chemotherapy. I did chemo before surgery, and then I also did some chemotherapy after surgery, and I basically spent a year just 
not feeling good and even waking up and just not feeling good. So now I, it still feels new to me being able to feel good and being able to do things that I was normally able to do before uh, cancer and treatment. Um, So that brings me joy. And then, of course, spending time with my family, my boys and my husband, and then also spending time with my friends and, and our little group. Yeah. Well, you are you are an amazing young woman, and I am so happy that we met in San Antonio. Um, you know, Laura, the, part of the purpose of having you on the show today, as we talked about, is clearly this show has value, um, not only to you, but to people like Tanya in Lansing, Michigan. Um, we have we have women and pe- you know people, I don't know who, if it's male or female, I don't know, but we have people that listen all over the world to this show. And we have a huge audience in Ireland. We don't know why, but we're so happy about that. But we also have a huge audience building here in the United States. And we can see the reports, we can see some, you know, that many go back in time after time and listen to many episodes. So you are the shining example of a faithful listener and you represent several other, you know, people that fall into that category. And we're, we're very happy about that. And we'd love to be able to continue this show, but you know how finances go. Sometimes we are a nonprofit. We have a budget, we have other programs that we offer and we have to find ways to make sure that we're whole on these things. Not that we're trying to make a profit on it because we're not. We're just trying to find ways to pay for things so we can keep everything going, like our hat project and the radio show and all these things that we do at no cost to our to anybody that we serve. So with that, we do need to raise $20,000 approximately before the end of December of this year. And in case you're listening to this down the road, this is 2018. Um, but we need to, to raise that amount of money so we can keep this show going. And um, for a whole year, that will take care of a whole year plus probably a little extra. And we need to get the word out to do that. So how do we how do we do that? I, I have a couple of ideas that I wanted to share with you. Um, first off, people can make a personal donation through the Breast Friends website. If you go to breastfriends.org, there's a big blue button at the top. And we have now added a drop-down menu. So when you click on that donate page, it says designate to a specified fund. You click in the box and the radio show will pop up as one of the options. Click on that. Make your donation. Any size matters. You could start a Facebook fundraising campaign and use the link to the host page if you're a, if you're a listener. Um, get your friends to donate. Uh, visit our, oh, I already said that one. I won't bother you with that. Um, and then here's kind of an interesting thought. One in eight women will get breast cancer and the other seven will know her. And those, are, those seven are in your circle. So invite those seven to help too, because if the radio show is helping you, they need to know that. And we can keep this show going you know, that way. So, so is there anything else? We've got a couple minutes left. Um, Laura, can you think of anything? Sharon, can you think of anything, what we could do? Well, I was, I was just thinking about you know, um, people who are listening to the shows um, can then pass them those shows to their friends and family so then they can reap the benefits of the shows, the education, the support, all of the things that we try to offer. Um, And then, and then again, 
if it is helpful, hopefully that person will also then find value and be able to just give a small donation. It doesn't take it takes a village, you know, just like just like supporting someone through their cancer journey. It takes a it takes a village, and so it's important for for us you know, to be able to give you good content and be able to be here every single week to be able to do this radio show. And again, if you appreciate it, then that's how you show your appreciation. Sharon, I was thinking about the math here. If if every person that listens to our show gave $1 for every episode they listened to just this year, we would raise enough money to support this for the next five years. <laughs> really cool. Well, so that, that is cool. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, so we are begging, yes, if it sounds like we are, it's because we are, Um, but yeah, so anyway, we are basically out of time. Laura, I want to thank you so much for for giving us your heart and sharing your passions with us and for just simply being being a wonderful friend and and person to all all the people that are struggling with breast cancer, and thank you for introducing me to your fabulous support group down in San Antonio. That was, that they were pretty amazing ladies, so. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much, yeah. Becky, and thank you, Becky and Sharon, for everything you do so that we are able to listen to this show. It's, it's truly amazing. Well, thank you so much. So on that, we will be back next week, and until then, remember, there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.